John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica. This is the High Game Podcast. Yes, it is the High Game Podcast. What do we talk about? Guitars. That's cool. Uh, where are we recording from, John? Beautiful West Seattle, Washington, Ed. Okay, two weeks ago I forgot to ask you. Yep. I think it'll be two weeks. Yeah, I try to do better. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll do great. It's uh, raining today. It is. That's the, you know, weather update. Yeah, you've got the galoshes on, I see. That's yeah, nice. It's, it's real good. These are uh, American-made Wolverine 1,000-mile boots, and I uh, wore through the soles well before 1,000 miles, and I went to a local cobbler, and I had them put some big-ass Vibram lug soles. Uh, hey, John. What? We got a guest again. What are you doing? Guest intro. Great. Say hi. Hey. Hey, man. Hey. Yeah. Hey guys, I just thought I'd stop by. <laughs> I brought a pie. Yeah. Great. No, you didn't. Wait, no pie? It's our good buddy Matt Southworth. Hey Matt. Hey man. Yeah. yeah. But I brought brownies. Oh. Claire made brownies because we talked in a couple episodes ago about Cupcake Corner. Yep. And Claire got super <laughs> yeah. excited about that. Last night she made brownies and they're vegan. Brownies. <laughs> Right. <laughs> She'll appreciate that. Yeah. Have a brownie. They're delicious. I might have had about half a pan. Oh, they, these are really good. Yeah. Claire oh. made them herself, her own self. How old is Claire now? Claire is 16 years old. It's weird watching your kids grow up from afar. Mm-hmm. I see them once a year or once every three or four years right. sometimes. And then they're in college and rowing or whatever. We went out to lunch or something mm-hmm. with the family and Matt. And Matt is an artist. And Matt was sitting there kind of doodling 
And then he handed over this little doodle, and it was a picture of Claire. That's awesome. Yeah. Matt is not just an artist. The internet has a lot no. to say about you, Matt. <laughs> Twitter especially. <laughs> the internet right now has a lot to say about you. The internet is pressing for an independent FBI investigation. <laughs> is yeah. there a more frightening phrase than the internet has a lot to say about you right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> I took that in the spirit it was intended, and I'm still starting to sweat. Yeah. For real. Matt's a comic guy, as in comic books, which I guess is how we met, right? You were with Carter, and I yep. asked him what his favorite comic book was, and he said it was Green Lantern, and he was a little, mm-hmm. little dude. Right, right. Before the hormones right. grabbed him yep. and yep. didn't let go. Yeah, that's where we met, was at Emerald City back when it was smallish. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. did you get started? Making comics? Yeah. The short version is that I, I've drawn since I was three, and I grew up with this guy, Joe Casey, who writes comics, and... When I was working in the movie business, uh, I was writing screenplays, and that was all this kind of, like, you write a thing, and you hope somebody makes the film, or buys it, or whatever. And it was very frustrating. And then I would look over at Joe, and he would write something, and three months later, it came out. The internet says you were working for a company Tom Cruise was involved in? Yep. I never met him, because the entire year and a half that I worked there, he was in London making Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, the hmm. entire time. Wow. Well, I did talk to him on the phone once. Is he a dick? He was super nice. I was the low man on the totem pole at Cruz Wagner at this point, and they went out for a meeting. This is something they never did, but they, they all went out to a restaurant for a meeting. And so I was left behind to answer phones, uh-huh. which I didn't really do normally. But phone rings, and I say, uh, Cruz Wagner. And I hear, oh, hey, uh, this is Tom. Could I speak to Paula? Paula Wagner. And I said, um... Actually, uh, hi, uh, but she's not here right now. Um, He said, oh, could I speak to Jonathan? He's not here either. Uh, He goes, oh. Now, keep in mind, it was midnight in London when he called. Uh And this is the mid-90s, and he's the biggest movie star in the world at this point. Calling his own company, and this dweeb can't help him (laughs) in any way. And he goes, who's this? I said, oh, uh, this is Matt. And he goes, oh, hi, Matt. I'm Tom. I don't believe I've met you before. And he was super nice. And so I was like, well, I can try to patch you in. This was like, we had cell phones, but not everybody knew how to use them, you know? <laughs> so things weren't forwarded. And I was like, I'll try and get you in touch with them at the restaurant and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'll call you back in 10 minutes. He calls back and I couldn't do it. I couldn't solve the problem for him. And he wasn't a diva at all. He was like, okay, well, thank you very much for trying. I uh, had a little text exchange this morning with Carter about Kanye West. <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it had to do with separating the art from the artist. I Mm -hmm. like a fair bit of Kanye's output, but that dude is a wackadoodle. I think that guy's a fraud. Regardless of talent level, there are plenty of talented frauds. Sure. Uh, Why am I saying this on a a podcast? (laughs) Before we get started, I need to open my beverage. Great. Uh, Rockridge Orchard Root Beer. It's like small, batchy. It's not even in a regular bottle. Fancy. Rockridge Orchard. Yeah, it looks like artisanal ketchup. Exactly. What did you get? I have a lime-flavored water. Okay. Sparkling water. The brand name here is uh, Soleil, made by the fine people at Safeway. Oh, my God. I opened this other thing that Vicky and Claire got me, which is Brit's Naturally Fermented IPO Pickle Brine. And that's why we brought shot glasses. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So (laughs) hand me a shot glass. All right. After the brownie... I think it's going to be great. 
Oh my god, it smells. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Let's so drink some pickle brine. Are we just going to slam it? Yeah. <coughs> it's pretty briny. It's delicious. I just slammed a pickle. When I was a child. Yeah. My dad was a major alcoholic. Oh. He was a fun dad, though, because he was the one that would always get you candy. He would do all the things that your mom didn't really want uh, mm -hmm. happening. Right. And he would often wake me up in the middle of the night for a literal midnight snack, which I think was really he got up to get some alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> but often we would eat pickles in the middle of the night. I'd be barely awake, you know, munching Great. on a pickle. And then when we would finish, we would always drink the pickle juice. See? Wow. I just had a second shot. Who made this now? What's this uh, guy's name? Brits Naturally Fermented IPO Pickle Brine. Well, Brit, it could have been worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drink this whole goddamn thing while we're sitting here. All right. All <laughs> okay. Right. Other than that shot, what's your beverage, Matt? An original <laughs> New York seltzer, but it's actually not seltzer. It's just a lime sparkling water yeah. called... New York seltzer. We got some feedback at some <laughs> point that the beverage corner thing is kind of funny. Mm -hmm. And now it's turned into like a 20 minute discussion of beverages. Here's the thing. Yeah. You know, anybody that's ever been in a band knows that just because rehearsals at 630. Right. Like you don't get started till 845 because right. it's all talking bullshit that's about right. seltzer and pickles. What? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pretty nice, huh? I love it. It's got some ring on it. It's still going. It's still going. Does it stop? I, I don't Matt, know. does it stop? This is the thing that's great about the Gretsch Astrojet. Whoa! Uh, Gretsch Astrojet. Yeah. It, I mean, it's still going. Right. And it it just goes forever. It's like this fuzzy laser sound, you know? What year is it? This particular one, as close as I can tell, is 66. Hmm. <laughs> was that? This thing was a commercial flop, but it is a solidly made guitar set neck. Only came in the one color, I think. I've seen a couple that were natural color or a slightly stained mahogany. Right. But I don't know whether those are the real thing. I've also seen a yellow one that right. looked cool. So it's red on the front, black on the back. Oh, that's cool. How about that? I didn't even notice that. That's pretty cool. It's got some weight to it. And it's completely asymmetrical, but not pointy asymmetrical. More blobby. Mm -hmm. I'd say this is blobby. Wow. The top horn on this thing is yeah. swollen, like, uh, you know, I don't hey, know. Hey, I don't like the adjectives you're using right now. Right. I saw someone describe it as a pregnant SG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. The headstock is four and two. Great. Four tuners, one side, two, the other. But take a headstock and, like, pinch it in the middle with your fingers. Yep. And that's what this looks like. The pinched middle. Yeah. I think it's kind of weird. There's a lot of weird sort of ergonomics and tuning stability issues uh -huh. about the way the guitar is designed. <laughs> that tremolo thing going on down there. A, I think it's a Burns tremolo. I think you are absolutely right. I think they licensed it from Burns. Yeah. A lot of classic Gretsch touches as well as the wacky design stuff. Uh, it's got the thumbprint inlays on the fretboard. Yep. It's got two Filtertron pickups. Supertrons. Supertrons. I don't know anything about that, really. I had a harmony with some DeArmin pickups. In. So I just looked this up because the other day, all of a sudden, I was like, I'm going to maybe do this podcast. Maybe I should know what I'm talking about. <laughs> sure. So I don't, I, like, but I looked some shit up. Yeah. Uh, and so the deal is the Supertron 
is the sort of slightly higher gain. Eh? Oh, yeah. see, that's version yeah. of the filter trunk. John, what output is there uh, out of those I'm things? I'm going to say it's pretty hot. <laughs> I say that's pretty hot, Ed. Yeah, even without a big muff, any sort of overdrive, it's this like it goes like a keyboard, full on neck action up there. Yeah. Whoa, there's uh switches, two volumes, one for each pickup. Okay, and a master volume. Okay. But yeah. watch this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so turn all of the things all the way on and all the knobs all the way on. Now, now turn down the volume on the top pickup. It doesn't make any sense. So it's basically, they're all master volumes. Weird. Crazy. <laughs> huh. As far as the switches, one is a pickup selector. Okay. One is a tone selector. Oh. It's three-way mid bass. Yeah. Treble and quote heavy bass Ooh, heavy so, bass oh that would make sense heavy bass mid bass treble that, that treble that <laughs> and then a three-way standby toggle i don't know what the hell that is yeah there's a there's a lot of turning on and off hey john what who made that guitar like who designed it jimmy webster jimmy webster jimmy webster uh what's he up to these days jimmy webster is not doing a whole lot he inherited the uh dictionary that's Thanks. funny that you say that. Yeah? He is apparently related <laughs> to both Daniel Webster, Dictionary Dude, and John Quincy Adams. Whoa. And Emmanuel Lewis. Also a Webster. <laughs> also a Webster. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm doing here? Finger banging the hammer-ons. The tapping? Yeah. Guess who is really big into the tapping? Emmanuel Lewis? Our man Jimmy Webster. Okay. Ah. Born in 1908. My house was built in 1908. By Jimmy Webster. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he learn it? I don't know. DeArmond, oh. the maker of these here pickups. Really? He wanted to show the market how sensitive his pickups were. Okay. So he was always doing this. Then when our man Jimmy Webster met him, mm -hmm. he taught him his tapping method. Okay. Uh, in 52, he published his landmark tapping method book. 52. Wow. It's just a lot of fucking around. I'm not into it. I'm, you know, just jazzy fucking around. That was Caravan. That's all hammer-ons. There's no pull-offs there. Yeah, you know, he's doing that, and World War II comes along, so he serves as a musician in Iceland. I hear he lost his fingertips, ruining his tapping career. <laughs> yeah, he remained bitter about that. He tried to popularize a thing called knuckling. Ugh. Jesus. <laughs> he gets out of World War II and begins a relationship with Gretsch. Gretsch sends him all over the place. Okay. So he gets to show off his tapping technique. Right. And show yeah. for Gretsch at the same time because okay. Gretsch was using exclusively dearmaments. So what's Great. up with Gretsch? Turns uh, out they go back quite a ways. Okay. You know about Freddy Gretsch? No. Friedrich Gretsch? German. Uh, pretty German. He starts it in... Brooklyn. Okay. Gretsch, New York. Gretsch, New York. That's right. 1883. Whoa. They were okay. not making guitars. Accordions. No. Banjos. Oh. Tambourines okay. and drums. Okay. In 1895, Friedrich runs into a problem. Oh, no. Uh, he dies. <laughs> <That is. laughs> 
<laughs> he was only 39. Croup. The dropsy. Consumption. Rickets. Yeah. The vapors. <laughs> Some old shit. Tragic case of shambles. <laughs> yeah. His wife and his son, uh, they take over. Son's name was Fred. It makes the story easy. 1895, he's only 15. Takes mm-hmm. over the business anyway. Does he give a shit? 15, he's middle age. Since he's a kid, he wants the new, the exciting. What does oh. he give a fuck about tambourines and banjos and shit? He wants guitars. Ha- yeah. Early 1930s, they start making guitars. Right, okay. That's what Fred is about, jazz boxes. Okay. Yeah, so 42. Freddie Jr. Freddie Jr. is now senior. Uh. He retires, and he hands <laughs> it over to Freddie Jr. Wait. Freddy the Third? Yeah. Wait, Friedrich dies, hands it to the kid, and then 1942 hands it over to Fred Three. What's the third doing these days? Man, this is tragic. It is. Fred Three doesn't want it because he gets drafted into the war. He gives it to Bill, his brother. Ah. Problem with that is while Fred Three is in World War II, yeah. Bill's fucking Fred's wife. (laughs) (laughs) Bill dies. Oh, ah. God damn it. <laughs> so it goes back to Fred. When he comes back from the war. Sure. 54, they start making solid bodies. The fine people at Gretsch. Okay. Things like the Duo Jets and the Silver Jets. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Maybe the Astro Jets, my new favorite. Matt called out his favorite feature on the guitar is the fact that it's just got a stamped Astrojet plate and it's just like nailed in. Yeah, Eastwood makes sort of a not entirely accurate reissue and it they don't have the little plate. So those solid bodies start coming out and people okay. are picking them up and playing them. You know about the Bo Diddley? Heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> this is called Pretty Thing 1955. I like the shakers. Yeah. You pretty thing. Let me buy you wedding ring. Let me hear the choir sing. Okay. That's Bo Diddley's guitar, the square. It is. That's a Gretsch, right? Well, it was originally homemade, but he worked a lot with Gretsch. You can get a Gretsch version of that guitar, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I hate that guitar. Yeah? Like, that seems so uncomfortable. The lack of ergonomics on that thing are crazy. Yeah. I cannot imagine playing that. It might have even shortened our man Bo Diddley's life. What? Oh, no. <laughs> I saw Bo Diddley at yeah? the showbox. Playing that guitar? He was playing that guitar, I believe. And was it good? It was good in that, like, wow, man, that's Bo Diddley. History. He's an old man. He yeah. had to sit down most right. of the show, you know. Any updates on the showbox? The showbox is a local venue uh, institution for 60, 80 years, something like that. Long time. At least, like, yeah. And they're going to tear it down and put a condo up. No, I think that's good. I think people yeah. need a place to live. Yeah. You know, oh. so oh, you we should give them some more condos. <laughs> You're kind yeah. of going a different way than <laughs> yeah. I, I, I. Why do you like homelessness, Ed? Uh, huh. <laughs> I'm not entirely certain the homeless problem is going to be solved by... million condos. I don't understand. Everybody deserves a place to lay his head. Fair enough. You've convinced me. Tear it down. That's right. Southworth City Council, 2018. You got my vote. So what else? So where'd you get this thing, Matt? I lived in Los Angeles for several years when I was working in Hollywood. For Tom Cruise, the very nice guy. Yeah. I worked on the Paramount lot. 
I don't geek out over celebrities, but I did twice. Once was when I was doing work for CBS and uh, somebody goes, uh, don't tell anybody, Marlon Brando is here. And I was Whoa. like, oh, and I started to vibrate. I was like, oh man, I want to see Marlon Brando. I didn't see Marlon Brando, <laughs> but I digress. I had a friend named Mark who I met through a message board for John Bryan. And I got to know Mark and he burned me a bunch of John Bryan bootleg stuff on CD. And I went to his house to pick those up and he had this cool guitar. But the thing about the guitar that we haven't mentioned yet is that the headstock was broken off. I can see that on the back. It looks like a repair. Yeah, that's a more recent repair. The way it looked then was it was missing chunks of wood and it had two nails in it. Ooh. Just nailing the headstock on. It was as half-assed as you could imagine, but it worked for a long time. It stayed in tune. It was fine, but it was like something somebody did in his garage, you know, didn't right. build guitars or whatever. I looked at the guitar. He's like, well, you can borrow it. So I, I did, and I recorded a little bit with it. And then a few years later, I was ready to move from LA to Seattle. And as I was telling Mark about it, he goes, well, you know, you're taking that guitar with you. It was this very gentle way of expressing love. You know, huh. Mark was a very loving person, but he was also a little shy and a little, you know. So I had this wonderful gift. I brought it here. I took care of it for years. Then when I moved from one apartment to another, it fell over and that headstock fix snapped off. Ooh. It's a valuable guitar if it's in great shape. It's, yeah. Mark got it with the headstock broken off. He was the one who had made that repair himself. He got it for $15 Ooh. at a garage sale. It's pretty good. That's amazing. Now, there's more to this story that I just discovered last night. Ooh. It came in one of those cardboard cases uh -huh. that had sort of disintegrated, basically. The chipboard uh, thing? The, yeah, like, with the kind yeah, of yeah, gray. Yeah. Yep. And I had it in that for a long time, but once I took the guitar out of the case, it hasn't been in the case in 15 years. I mean, I've just sort of had it around because those cases are so flimsy. They don't really protect the guitar anyway. Yeah. So last night, I was like, I think I threw that case away because it was so demolished. But I was like, well, I should just go check. So I go and I look in the garage and I have two of those cardboard cases. One, which is for this Supro pocket base that I bought. And then the other one, I was like, that's the Astrojet. I didn't realize I hadn't thrown that away. So I open the case up and I look in the little well where you keep your capo and your strap and all that crap. There's a note. Oh, oh. this is the note. It says, it's nice to have a little history. This was bought in Kenosha, Wisconsin in 1965 to 1966 by Robert Gary Volmer Sr. for his daughter, Laurie Ann Volmer, me. I played it from kindergarten to second grade. At the time it was bought, it cost $169 to $179. Huh. We lost our dad to cancer in 1999, so this means a lot to me. Enjoy it, Lori Pinnell, if you have any questions. And then it lists her phone number. Weird. Wow. But, so I spent about an hour Googling her to try and see if she's still out there. And uh -huh. it, it appears she is. I haven't called her. I was like, wow, I can't wait to tell her like where this guitar ended up. So today I got ready to come out to see you guys. And I opened the case and I laid the guitar there and it doesn't fit in that case at all. So I don't know oh, if what, it's that, this one. what that case belongs to. Oh my God. So here's the thing about that though. Yeah. So if it's not to the Astrojet, which it must not be because it doesn't fit at all right then i must have thrown away the astrojet case but that means i got <laughs> yeah. another guitar in this case that i didn't notice a big yellow note and i can't think of what fits in it yeah whatever 
Who gives a shit? Give her a <laughs> there call. You go. <laughs> to, to, to Found your goddamn note. And... Yeah, sorry about your dad. <laughs> Robert Gary Vollmer. Oh. Senior. So sad. When you got out here, were you playing it out, recording with it? What were you doing? I might have played that out once. It's a finicky guitar. It's weird. Right. It, it doesn't feel bad or unplayable, but it doesn't feel like the other guitars I'm used to. It's a little fatter, neck-wise. Yep. The repair job seems like it, it seems to hold up okay, though. When the headstock broke off, I about had a heart attack because it had traveled all the way from L.A. safely. Yep. Yeah. And I moved from Lake Forest Park to Everett, which is 20 miles. Right. And it snapped. There was a guy named Randy Parsons. I took this guitar to him, and for 100 bucks, he fixed it. Wow. Just- so the reason we're asking Matt about this, Matt was in a band. You know about that band, Ed? I do. The Capillaries. The Capillaries started in L.A., and then between the time I was in L.A. and here, we had 19 members. <laughs> <laughs> and so when John Foley my beloved drummer and good friend moved away to New Jersey. I just sort of let the band fall asleep because he was the sort of constant through most of that. And so the band never broke up, but I think we played two or three shows after John moved. You gotta get lonely, boy. Dress yourself in denim and in corduroy. What kind of guitar is this? I think this is my jazz master. Ah, the jazz master. Every time you look around and think you said all you see is a mountain of a You know you like it, Ed. I do. Yeah, I do too. I do. You want is just a sucker's bed. Alright. You know, I played this for my wife. Yeah. And the whole rest of the day she was walking around humming it. Awesome. That's technically not the capillaries. That's all me. That's me playing drums cool, and cool. everything. My friend Mike plays the guitar solo on that one. Was it credited as Capillaries? It or? is on your website. That makes sense because that's very much like what we used to do. Uh, Tell me more about that guitar, John. This thing actually comes out formally in 1964. Yeah. 64. And our man Jimmy Webster, as I mentioned earlier, designed it. Why did he do this? Yeah. The Gretches were saying, hey, it's the 60s. Uh, give us something nutty for the kids. They just left it up to Jimmy. Yeah. And Jimmy drew this thing out. I got yep. Astrojet. 1964, eight and a half, won the Academy Award. Fellini? Yeah, best foreign film. Emmanuel Lewis is in that, right? <laughs> yes. And All in right. 1985, nine and a half weeks. Uh, is Emmanuel <laughs> Lewis in that, too? <laughs> yeah, very nice. So, 64. It was only mentioned in the catalog once in model year 1965. That's how well it wow. sold. Oh, wow. What happened with old Jimmy Webbs? They shit can him? He was in solid with those cats. Let him fail upwards. He super failed up. Was he a sweaty man with a toupee? I like to think so. What else? 64, this thing comes out. Oh, no, pickle juice. Oh, anyone need some more pickle juice? Yeah. Well, a lot. Yeah, I'll have another. Yeah, <laughs> Southworth doesn't care. Keep going. The Filtertrons are still popular. This is George Harrison playing a Gretsch. A big brown Gretsch. Oh, yeah. Tell you something. Yeah, you can I hear it. I can hear it. Yeah. Chet Atkins, everybody knows Chet Sure. Atkins. So this is uh, Chet Atkins covering... <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel, because why not? Yeah, that's great. That's great. 
Man, I was watching another YouTube video of, uh, of uh, Les Paul and Chet Atkins uh-huh. fucking around. Yes, Lester and Chester. Man, <laughs> yeah. those guys, yeah, I don't know. Les Paul, like, it was really good, but I just, I'm, I'm much more Chet Atkins than Les oh, Paul. Yeah. This is great. Is it? It's really good. Chad Atkins CGP. You know what the CGP is? No. That was his sort of title. Yeah? He had business cards. They said, Chad Atkins, comma, CGP, country guitar player. Oh. Nice. Wow. So the Gretsch family, they're firing on all cylinders. Sky's the limit, right? We're going into mid-60s. Yep. Something tells me... They sell the fucking company to Standard Fucking Oil or some <laughs> shit. Close. They sold it to the Baldwin Piano huh? and Organ Company. Sure. First thing Baldwin does is discontinues this bad boy. That thing you're making and not selling any of? Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, second thing they do? Yeah. They move Gretsch out of Brooklyn entirely. They moved to Tennessee, right? To Queen, Arkansas. <laughs> hmm. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, to Queen. Okay, so they're making guitars. People start picking up the guitars and playing them. You know that they're Pete Townsend? Uh, nope. Pete Townsend, known for his Rickenbackeridge and his Gibson SGs, except uh, when he's busy playing Country Gentleman. Yeah. What? Or some other such hollow body banger. He played it on most of this album. Is this a Gretsch guitar? Quadrophenia? Yeah. There we go. That's a Gretsch. All right. 79? Yeah. You know the ACDC? Uh, sure. Malcolm Young, rhythm guitarist, plays Gretsches Uh with the filter drums. That's all. In fact, his whole career, that's all he ever played. Why'd you pick this one? Because I like it. Okay. Great. That sounds like the music that I imagined played in strip clubs when I was yeah. too young to ever have gone to a strip club. Right. All right. What else? What else do you need to know? Uh, oh, yeah. 1981, okay. then. Yeah. Uh, they had to halt production entirely. The factory caught fire. <laughs> sure. Yeah. In Arkansas. But, you know, it's really strange because then they decide, fuck it, we're done. Yeah. Shut it down. We don't care <laughs> anymore. But our man Fred who is the nephew of... Wait, this is a fourth Fred? Yeah, yeah. the Fred that died in 79. fuck? Fred's nephew. It's like the George Foreman family. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He buys it back. With cocaine money. Probably. It's all bullshit and terrible. It's unfortunate for Gretsch that that happened when it did because Brian Setzer... Yeah. King Gretsch. Right. 1981, 1982, Stray Cat Strut. Yep. Bam. That's when those... There you go. Yeah. on top of yeah so it's crazy that you know maybe it was just a decision made before and you know insurance money. even even insurance brian setzer <laughs> couldn't say yeah the How, gretch corporation by the way, this was a great fucking band nobody ever talks about anymore yeah like what a great band you know what we're gonna do after this we're gonna take a bunch of pedals to a pedal swap meet the old flipperoo. Flipping. You ever do the old flipperoo? Mm. You into it? Every time I sell something, I hate that I sold it. Oh, yeah, me too. Guilt, yeah. regret, and embarrassment. That's the name of the game. The older I get, the less money means to me. That yeah. said, yeah. I haven't had a checkup in over 20 years. <laughs> <laughs>
And I'm not kidding. Uh, you know, I just turned 50 years old. Yeah. I need to go, you know. I, yeah. At 50, the doctor starts putting his finger up your butt. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, you turn and, 50 and you have to pay somebody to stick their finger in uh, your it's ass. Pretty, it's, pretty, I, it's pretty awesome. I mean, the last time I went to the doctor, I'm like, you want to put your finger in my butt? And he was totally not into it. I wanted to feel like I was getting my money's worth because you go see the doctor and he's like, how you feeling? Great. Okay, good. See you in a year. No, motherfucker. Grab my nuts and put your finger in my butthole. Like, I want to feel like I got something out of this. $200 and we'll go in the back room and I'll... So, all right. So, Gretch buys it back and they can't just start it right up because the yeah. fucking factory burns I've down. been swapping between this root beer and this pickle juice back and forth. Like, they're both really good. But it's something. I got a lot of stuff going on here in my body. <laughs> right now fermentation <laughs> yeah what you're, you're, what's going on with that guitar they move production to south carolina see what happened to those people in arkansas what happened to those people up there in brooklyn fuck them this album is killer now this was all done with gretches man this album's so good. What do you know about Human Fly? You know, the uh, cramps. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Oh, that's, that's pretty badass. Huh? I like the artwork. You know, in my rock room, I have a bunch of frames comic art and then guitars so it's like guitar art guitar right. art. it's all comic pages they do the pencils and then they ink over the top of the pencils usually on the bristol nowadays there's a lot of guys like, who don't ever just, make a physical piece sure, of art ever. sure but yeah those so guys I've are got, pussies yeah that's right <laughs> Plus, I mean, you can't really sell the uh, digital. Yeah. What are you leaving thing? behind? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's like voicemails. Yeah. I'll go to comic shows and artists will sell the original page that's in a comic book. Right. I love that stuff where like, you can see like erasure marks and all that. Man, kind of like... I've got two pages from a comic that Matt did years ago. It was the first like, book I did, you know, like a run on. I had done yeah. little bits of this and that. Right, right. Yeah. A couple of those pages have so much correction on them. Yeah. It's just great. I love that kind of stuff where you can see the kind of journey that the piece took. That was a big uh, thing for me for a while. This is going to be a diary of where I am today. So if I was having a bad day, it really would show. The pages are yeah. also dated. Yeah, I stopped doing yeah. that because I became embarrassed by how long it had been <laughs> since I'd done that much work. <laughs> There's a Punisher page you did where he's stabbing a dude in the neck. Yeah. You know. How does that map to eventual popularity of the work? Do you find the stuff you like, nobody likes, and the stuff they like, you don't? This is true. It sounds like I'm being self-deprecating, but I thought for sure I was going to be fired on Stumptown. I thought that the work I was doing was so bad that... I was going to be fired. And not only was I not fired, we were nominated for an Eisner Award. Huh. And people loved it. Where do you think the disconnect comes from? Here's a goofy metaphor I've never used. 
I think that I'm playing darts and I'm aiming for the bullseye on the dartboard. Uh-huh. But to people reading it, what they're watching is almost like dance of a guy throwing a thing and they like the movement of the body. That's a really weird metaphor, but somehow it feels right. It doesn't matter where you're going. It's how you get there. But as part of that... You have to expect that if you're extremely self-critical like I am, that the journey is going to be fucking rough a lot Uh of the time. And it really is. I'm in the middle of one of those right now where I just can barely convince myself to sit down and draw at all. How do you work through that? Or you just wait for it to subside? Well, having done it consistently for 10 years, I know that I feel bad right now, but that it's going to change. I just did a podcast. It's called the Writer's Experience Podcast. And I don't write that much anymore. We wound up talking about songwriting the whole time, which was really interesting. They were asking me, like, what's different about writing prose versus writing a song? Uh And I realized one of the things that makes it work for me is that there's a discipline to the fact that there's a rhyme. So if line one is a line about so-and-so, my independence, you got to come up with something for a line two or three that has endants in it, you know? So you might come up with quietly serving out the rest of my sentence. Now, that's not what I set out to write, but all of a sudden you've got a song equating maybe a relationship to a prison sentence, you know? And that's harder to do with a comic, obviously, because you have a script saying, panel one, he gets out of the car. Panel two, he goes into the convenience store. Right. But I'm still trying to do that, you know? I'm trying to find a way to free associate things in. I try to make it as personal as possible, and then those things happen. Yeah, yeah. You guys know about At the Drive-In? A little bit. One arm scissor. Grinch sound. That was from 2000. The reason I play that is because beginning in the aughts. Yeah. 2002. Yeah. Fender takes over. But a very strange and weird, unique deal. Yeah. Fender doesn't buy the company. Okay. Gretsch continues to own the company. Fender takes over the marketing, production, and distribution. So it's uh, like a licensing deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they proceed to do all kinds of weird shit. They go overseas. There's Korean Gretches and reissue Gretches and all kinds of weird decisions. But people still play them today. You know the Jack White. For a while he was playing Gretches. And he has a Gretch that was made for him. It's a three pickup. A solid body? It's a semi-hollow. And that's what this guitar is you're hearing. Yeah. It's got that ringy... Yep. Their bass player plays a big hollow body Gretsch bass. Cool. Great. You want to end up by hearing some of this? Sure. (laughs) It's real beefy. Was that in the treble setting? No. If I go in that treble... Yeah. it's, It's got that kind of ringy... Yeah. I think even without the reverb, you can kind of hear that filter trolley. It's nice. Great. Yeah. I wonder what the price point of that guitar was when it was released compared to an SG. It looks a lot more sort of fancy and feature-rich than an SG. Yeah, yeah. Maybe whoever's buying this is like, oh, it's like an SG, but cooler. Right. Maybe it was more. Right, that's what I would expect, yeah. Yeah. Plus, all the electronics, like, are kind of complicated. And, right. You know, plus yeah. some tremolo. Yeah. What do you got coming up, Matt? What are you working on now? I'm working on a graphic novel called Cloven with a novelist named Garth Stein, uh, who wrote a book called The Art of Racing in the Rain. It was a big bestseller. 
That's a huge project. And I'm writing and recording a little bit here and there. Who's that book coming out on? Garth has a deal with Simon & Schuster, but we decided we were going to sort of finish the first volume before we dealt with yeah. that. But there's cool. a movie coming out of his Art of the Racing in the Rain, apparently in spring. Hopefully that'll help sell the book. Is Tom Cruise in it? No, but Kevin Costner's in it. All right. Where can people find out more about what you're up to, Matt? If they're saying to themselves, that Matt Southworth. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Dynamic fella. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I need to read more about him. Right. Well, if you'd like to read more about me and Comicsgate and the Supreme Court, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Matt Southworth. Um, I saw like a wanted poster of the like, enemies of the Comicsgate. Enemy, enemies of Comicsgate. And I love that you've got that fucked up picture that you use. Yeah. You know what that and picture so is? Comicsgate, for people who don't know, is the sort of alt right arm of Comicsgate. Comics, a bunch of dickheads trying to reshape comics in their stinky, shitty image. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. So they made this poster of all the people who have spoken out against them. And I was on that. And they like to <laughs> attack me over this picture because I look really awful in it. Yeah. Uh, I don't even take selfies. But I took this one because it was after I had a flu for 13 days where I lost 13 pounds. Yeah. And I looked so awful when I sort of came out of it. I was like, check this out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that'll be my but, profile picture, you know. But it's great because your hair's all fucking standing <laughs> yeah. up and you're like super white. Yeah. You look really sick. And really <laughs> hateful, too. That's the thing I like about it. Exactly. Just unhinged. Yeah. Southward. Sick and hateful. It's totally the who's who of my heroes, the people on the left that are like Fuck these people. Should anybody be going to your website, Matt? <laughs> yes, go to MatthewSouthworth.net. There are songs there. There's art there. It's what do you think of that, Ed? I think that's fucking cool, man. Yeah? Cool enough yeah. that we should get the hell out of here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, Matt, it has been great to meet you and talk with you and laugh with you and all of that <laughs> shit. Yeah, it and, has. And drink fucking pickle. Pickle juice. Pickle yeah. juice. Pickle brine. Here's to the yeah. Freds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all those like, Freds, man. A lot of, lot, of, lot of Freds. Where can people find us, John? Thehighgain.com, Ed. Okay. What about uh, podcasts like uh, iTunes? Anywhere you get your podcasts. Stitcher. All of it. All of them. All of them. Uh, Pocket Casts. All those places. Yep. Thehighgain.com. Buy a t-shirt. Oh, our Reverb store's up. Yeah. That fucking bullet guitar's on Reverb. Yeah, go buy go, a guitar. Go buy that hunk of shit.